Tornado Organization, episode 139. Tisha Av. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And today I'm going to talk about organizing for Tisha B'Av. Now, I kind of think it's kind of a weird topic. <laughs> but just bear with me for a minute because I think it's a worthwhile topic to discuss. And it's a very personal topic for me because over the last few weeks, I've had a lot of ups and downs. My mother passed away seven weeks ago. Right after I got up from sitting Shiva, my husband and I celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. And then I continued on in my Shloshim. And on the 17th day of Tammuz, which is the start of the three weeks, I went into another national period of mourning. So I went from a personal time of mourning uh, to a national time of mourning. And next week is my six-year anniversary of making Aliyah, my Aliyah anniversary. And not only that, it's also my birthday. And so I feel like there is this very interesting smichota parshiot, this juxtaposition of events in my life right now. I'm really not sure what they all mean, but I sort of looked at it from an organizational perspective and... I was trying to figure out what should I make a podcast about Tisha B'Av. It's it's not really anything to do with organization, right? But but I think that it there are some aspects of organization surrounding mourning that are interesting and that we should discuss. And I think that it's important to discuss them. But also, I feel that these three weeks that we are in right now, we are hoping for redemption. We have been mourning for, you know, all this time up until till Tisha B'Av. And we are hoping and praying that we will not have to celebrate Tisha B'Av, that the Mashiach will come and that we will have redemption and we will have a new temple uh, in memory of the two that were destroyed on this day. And I think that that is very profound. And, you know, I sort of view my Aliyah as my my move to Israel as a personal redemption. And I think that that is appropriate and important. And I actually teach people how to organize themselves for Aliyah. So I feel like, you know, it, it is definitely important. And one of the things I said to my husband when we decided to make Aliyah, I said, you know, when Mashiach comes, I want to have my china with me. <laughs> I don't want to have to worry about what I'm going to try to squeeze into my suitcase in the 18 minutes that I need to get from New York to Israel, right? I don't want to worry about that. I just want to be there and and get there. And I think that, you know, we don't really know exactly what's going to happen, what it's going to be like, but it felt very restorative to I remember sitting on the flight for Aliyah and next week I'm actually going to talk about my six tips for making Aliyah but um, I remember being on the flight and and feeling so excited like 
as if Mashiach was on the way. That's what it felt like to me. Like I was, I was ready to be redeemed, right? And and so there's this time now that just has been happening to me where I look at my own personal private mourning and this national time of public mourning, and I think to myself, like, okay, so what is the difference? between these personal mourning and the public mourning. And one of the feelings that I had with the private mourning is that I didn't feel prepared. You know, my mom and I had had discussions about who should get what, what she wanted in terms of her end of life care, where she would be buried, we knew a lot of the things. There are some things we forgot to ask, if that's for sure. But but for the most part, we had had these open and honest discussions. And that was great. And it was helpful. And it it made it was sort of uncomfortable at first when we would have these discussions. But as time went on, I felt glad to know what her wishes were. And I certainly felt glad to know that afterwards. And thank God, it's been very smooth sailing with my siblings. And we all knew what to expect and what she wanted. And we can all accommodate that and feel okay with that. And that's great. Because for some families, they don't have that. And that's a tragedy. So I feel like that stage of organization on a private level, having those discussions with my mom was was really helpful. But when push came to shove, even though I prepared myself by reading books about um, the laws of mourning and what to do when someone dies and how to proceed, when I actually was in the actual situation, I didn't know what to do. And I thought to myself, my God, my mom would have (laughs) known exactly what to do and to tell me what to do. And, you know, I just I never experienced the loss of a parent before, thank God. And I I didn't. I mean, I knew what to do in practice, but not in in theory, like to, to actually put it into use. And so, so, you know, what I said to myself in that minute was like, gosh, I wish I, I would have had a checklist. And that would have been so great <laughs> if I just had a checklist. And I remember going to sleep the night, the first night that I was sitting Shiva, thinking to myself like, my goodness, this feels just like Tishabov. I had just come back from saying Kaddish for my first time. I had had a Sudat Mavseket, like a, you know, a mourner's meal. And even though I wasn't fasting, like, okay, I ate my meal and then I went upstairs and went to bed. Like, and it just, it just felt like this dull sadness that was just radiating through my body, just how like it's supposed to feel on Tishabov. And, and I realized like one of the differences between the personal mourning and the national mourning is that with the national mourning, you sort of have this way to prepare yourself to get ready for it because we know that it's happening. We're expecting it and we know to get a haircut before or cut your nails or shave your beard for a man. And uh, or maybe if you're a woman, you need to shave your beard. I don't know. <laughs> got a little, I got a few chin hairs. I'm going to say I got a few chin hairs. Uh, (laughs) uh, But anyways, you know, there are these things you can get ready for, uh, do the laundry and prepare yourself in that way. Whereas normally when you are about to sit Shiva, it's, 
there is this time period before usage shiva called being an onan when you're exempt from from mitzvot and and it's really designed to help you prepare for the funeral and get you ready for the funeral but you are exempt from doing other mitzvot so you I think also have this personal time to prepare and I didn't get that because um, if you don't go to the funeral you're supposed to start sitting sitting like if you know you're not going to attend the funeral you're supposed to start sitting shiva right away and so I didn't uh, do that and I sat started basically sitting shiva right away and I missed out on that period of organization (laughs) and I think that uh that was a little bit jarring for me because it's like well I I just didn't know what to do and it's not that I didn't know what to do as much as you just need the time to prepare and in fact I had thought that once my mom had her brain tumor removed, that she wasn't going to make it through. And I knew that in my pain of her dying at that time, I wouldn't be able to write a coherent eulogy at that time. And so I wrote it then because I wanted to say something without blubbering my way through it. And I wanted to say something real and meaningful and really give her her soul a lift to be closer to God. And so I wrote it and I put it in the drawer and I put it away. And I was grateful that I had prepared that, even though it sounds very morbid and awful and terrible. I, I, am, I am grateful that I had put into words what I was feeling not at a time of loss. It's true I was worried when I wrote it, but I I didn't feel like it was a time of loss. I had I did give myself that time to organize. I I wrote it for myself because I had always kind of thought that if she didn't die, I would read it to her just so she could hear what I what I was thinking and what I wanted to say. I didn't end up doing it. I don't regret that I didn't end up doing it, but I thought that I would. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is value in taking the time to prepare yourself for events and to talk about these events with your loved ones, no matter how awful it seems to have these discussions. In in Judaism, I think that we have we have other times in our in our in our calendar where we are preparing ourselves, where we are organizing. In Tishrei, we are, you know, repenting. We are asking our friends to forgive us. We are asking God to forgive us. We are giving charity and and upping our game a little in that respect. We are praying to be to be uh, to be redeemed and and we are praying to be forgiven and we organize ourselves this whole month before I'm sorry I said Tishrei but I meant Elul <laughs> uh, we are we are organizing ourselves this whole month before in the month of Elul for Tishrei and and we are and it's it's a common thing like yeah you just these are the things you do to prepare yourself for Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur, for for praying, standing before God to ask for these things. You're, you're preemptively organizing yourself to 
be ready to stand in front of God, right? This is, it's, it's not the only time that we have the idea of organization in the Torah either. For example, when you go to the mikvah, you don't just go into the mikvah, right? You prepare yourself. You cut your nails, you clean your ears, you clean your nose, you clean your eyes. You do all these things to prepare yourself. You've planned it for a week, right? I mean, now everybody has to make an appointment when they go, right? So uh, you've planned it for, for, for a week. You know when you're supposed to be going. You're planning, you're getting ready, you're preparing during the day for the night, right? There are these ideas of preparation. We have this idea for Yom Tov too. We have the idea of Eruv Tavshilin, the bracha that that you make before Yom Tov when Shabbat when Yom Tov goes into Shabbat like it's an idea of being prepared of thinking through things in advance to prepare ourselves to organize ourselves so that we're not caught off guard I think that sometimes we lose track of the days especially now we lose track of the days like Shabbos goes into Yom Tov and and like especially between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot it's it's Yom Tov it's Shabbos it's Yom Tov it's Shabbos it's Yom Tov it's Shabbos right and there's the all these different days and it's confusing <laughs> and so like the I feel like the air of Tafshilin is there less to remind us you know to to be mindful about cooking on Yom Tov but more to remind us to prepare ourselves to organize ourselves like this is coming you have to say this in advance this bracha in advance to prepare and organize yourself for for the time period that's coming in your life so so you could definitely prepare yourself and organize yourself for the three weeks but I guess what I wanted to really just point out was that like in these times for me for me, for me, this is a very personal episode. Um, for me, I have all these different experiences, like I said. So my my mom passed away. I didn't get to have the Onan period, really. I went straight into the Shiva and the Avelut. And then I had this special anniversary with my husband that was special, but it didn't, it, I think, was minimized a little bit because I had this overpowering sp- you know, period of mourning. And, and then it went into, it went into my Shloshim, which went directly into this national time of mourning where everybody is feeling sad and, and in need of comfort, where everybody is in need and comfort. And that's why we call it Menachem Av, because we all need comfort. And one thing that I read was really beautiful, something that the former member of Knesset Dov Lipman wrote was that Av, the month of Av, is also the word Hebrew word for father, Av, <laughs> in all of my years. Like, I don't know, my birthday is in Av, and I never, I never thought of it that way. And what I realized from this whole experience is, I don't know what Hashem has in store for me, but I do know this one thing that Hashem is with me, as is apparent by all the things that are happening to me. And so even though myself, who is an organized person, at some point in the last few weeks, I felt a little disorganized, Some sometimes felt more organized than other times, this personal redemption that I will, God willing, feel next week, and the coming of the Chagim, which will hopefully give us a new year that will be better than this last year for all of us, because 
I'm not sure that this past year has been so great for so many people, but um, I I do I do hope that the lesson that organization is important and worthwhile and it's part of the human condition to be able to organize ourselves and to move through experiences in a way that is organized because when you have when you have this exception in halacha where you have you have no other responsibility than to just organize a funeral it signifies to me how important it is to take time in your life to to make seder to take five minutes before you do something to figure out exactly how you're going to do it, to plan something out. And I think that when we have this time of national mourning, it's important to, to sort of do the same thing. Take five minutes. How am I going to plan out the three weeks? How am I going to plan out fasting for Tisha B'Av? I actually kind of think that the fast in a way, like, I always read so many comments before a fast, like, what should I do to make sure that I fast better? And inevitably, someone always writes, make sure that you start drinking three or four days before a lot of water. Don't wait till the last minute to start drinking, but so you don't get dehydrated because Tisha B'Av is usually a very hot day. Don't don't get dehydrated. Don't wait till the last minute. Over the f- a few days before, drink Gatorade, drink Powerade, whatever it is, and like drink an electrolyte drink with more calories and things that will like boost your hydration and drink more water and eat fruit and vegetables that have more water in them, cucumber, watermelon, grapes, or eat these foods to prepare yourself for the fast. And I think, you know, stop drinking caffeine, right? Like do all these special things to start preparing for Tisha B'Av. And I think that that is, in essence, (laughs) you know, what I'm trying to say, like, there is always this level of preparation that needs to happen in Jewish events, in, in Jewish life cycle events. And and what I hope that this episode has made you realize is that it is really important to take the time to see how you can organize yourself, you know, three or four days before something and really be mindful of the calendar and be mindful of the days that are going on and not wait until the last minute and not be caught off guard because... Let me just tell you from my own personal experience of with death, being caught off guard is awful. And we were expecting that my mother was going to die soon, but it was still awful. It was it was just totally caught off guard. I mean, I knew the minute that the phone rang that I saw that it was my sister that that's what happened, but I didn't know that that minute was coming right then and there. And that is not a great feeling. And there is no way you can prepare for that. So when you have the ability to prepare for something, you should jump on that and prepare for it because you never know what else is going to happen in life. And this way, at least if you're prepared for some things, it'll help when there's a monkey wrench thrown into the mix. My mom always said to me, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And if something is finished and if something is done and if something is ready, that's better. Now, I'm not saying push yourself to the limit to, you know, get ready for something 
if you can be a little more relaxed by doing it tomorrow, okay, fine. There's a balance between the two things. But for the most part, it's it's finding the balance, but also understanding that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You just don't know. So if you can, don't waste your time and do something today. I'm wishing all of you a very easy fast, a meaningful fast, a spiritual fast. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you all next week. For now, happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.